Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys Insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus, who is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. Uh, Brian, good Wednesday morning to you. Uh, we're, we, we've got a chance to kind of settle from the fog of what was an absolutely brutal loss. And honestly, I think we spent a lot of time just talking about, um, you know, the implications of Dak Prescott's injury and everything else related to that. Um, so now that we've gotten a chance to kind of stop down, look back and, and get some takeaways about what we saw from this team, let's talk about what we saw from them and what needs to be corrected moving forward here, uh, heading into this game against the Bengals. Uh, your your initial takeaway, whether it be, man, something was a lot better than I initially thought or something was a lot worse than I thought after going back and getting a chance to watch the tape. Yeah, you know, the, the things that you find out when you watch the tape, and that's the, that's the best thing you could do. And I encourage folks, if you have the ability to go get the All-22 from NFL.com, I'm not doing this as an ad or – it's more of a public service. You sure. know, you don't have to be a, a former NFL scout to go back and watch the tape. And you could see, you could, you know, you see it right there. And I think it's a great service that the NFL provides. It is a, you know, it does cost you. But, you know, if you want to really learn about what's going on in the game, I think it helps you a ton. And you know, when you go back and, and you watch, there there are some positive things that were, that I took from. I, I loved, um, I loved the way that, that Tyler Smith played. You know, I know going in the game, there was so much worry about him. How was he going to hold up with no reps at left tackle? You know, I think he held up just fine. There, yeah. there was a couple of, you know, a couple of communication problems. You know, you didn't expect to lose McGovern during that game. Um, you know, so all of a sudden you got Farniak in there. You got two really young guys over on the left side. And, you know, towards the end of the game, it got a little rough for Farniak when it just turned into throwing every single down. But I was encouraged by the way the Cowboys ran the football offensively. I, I really, really was. And and you know, it wasn't it wasn't Ezekiel Elliott ripping off long runs. It was it was some steady progress with him running the football. It was, you know, five yards, seven yards, and, and the things that were disappointing to me were again the pre stat penalties were bad because it puts you in some situations where you'd have a positive play. Say you had a seven yard Zeke run. And you're in a second and three, and you're thinking, well, hell, run it again, you know, that kind of thing. But then, uh, you know, Terrence Steele, who we've talked about, and I'm not going to pile on Terrence Steele because you know my feelings about 
uh, Terrence Steele and what he's done at right tackle. And I felt like they needed to upgrade there. And we'll probably get into that, as you mentioned, later in the show. But, you know, I was, you know, it, it's it's a you get a false start pilling. Now it's back to uh, it's back to second and eight. And then they have to throw twice and then they're off the field, you know, where you probably could have kept some momentum going, you know, maybe running the football, maybe coming up with another play. Um, I, I think the the separation numbers that we talked about on on the station yesterday when you came on your segment, uh, you know, and where uh, Noah Brown was, Simi Fajoko, uh, you know, with Lamb, I think that was an issue with you know, it, 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 you know, you you think with maybe with two yards of separation, or two and a half yards of separation, that you'd be able to find ways to get the ball to the receivers that you need to, but. Uh, you know the two guys with the best separation in, in the in the game were Simi and and Brown, and those are two guys that had really good training camps. Yeah. You know, so you know you, th- that was positive to me that the fact that those guys were able to separate. You're worried about them going out and and having a good training camp, and then all cut all of a sudden just spit the bit and not be any good in the game. So if they're separating against uh, those corners for Tampa Bay, uh, you know that I think that's a good sign going forward. But you know, your, your quarterback just wasn't good enough in that game. And, you know, he started off well, too. The, the third down throws he made, yeah. there were some tough clutch throws. And then you kind of just – he fell apart as it wore on. The interception was really, really bad. Um, you know, just from the aspect of he went from one read down the middle of the field that wasn't there to a read that was just god-awful. And, you know, what made him do that, I don't know. And – Sometimes you play teams that make you play desperate. And when you and I were talking about this on Monday, it was, you know, it was like the 12 to the three lead seemed like it was 100 to three. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened with Dak, with, with him having to force the ball and stuff. But there just wasn't much to go on the offense. I think defensively, Bobby, I'm not going to lie. I, I was concerned about some of the things that were happening in the running game uh, against the Cowboys. Uh you know, there was uh, points in time in this game where they figured out, and we talked about this, they figured out to pick on Diggs a little bit. But there was times where, where you know, Dorrance Armstrong was blocked on the edge. Van Der Esch was blocked inside. Diggs was blocked. I mean, they had three guys just locked up on that edge. And then, you know, Leonard Fournette not getting touched, you know, until he's three, four yards down the field, you know, averaging six yards a carry. You know, that's not good. You know, that's not good. And, you know, and, and, Fortunately for the Cowboys, Michael Parsons played big in the red zone, and they were able to get some. And, and speaking of Michael Parsons, they move him around. Uh, you know, they start initially r- rushing against Wirfs. That that didn't work. Let's move him to the middle. Let's see if we can have something there. We talked about that as being a positive. And then they figured out, you know, when Smith, you know, after one of his sacks, Smith the tackle gets hurt, and now they're you know the uh, Wells at left tackle, and that kind of helped him along the way too. So. It's unfortunate, you know, I felt like that they kind of held Tom Brady, you know, numbers-wise. It wasn't one of those, you know, 383-yard games for Tom Brady. It was, you know, he hit some passes, but they also, you know, found a way to kind of pressure him a little bit. And, uh, you know, those are the, the positive things that you take out of that. But I do have some concerns about the the, the little bit about the run defense but when it comes to, uh, you know, not so much what's going on inside, but what's going on on the edge and are more teams going to try? And Cincinnati, as we get into them this week, uh, Cincinnati's going to try with Mixon. They're going to try and get the ball on the outside, you know, And and because uh, I was watching their game against Pittsburgh last night getting ready for the week. Jumping back to the offensive side of the ball real quick, 
were things better when, when you got a chance to look at the tape? Did things look better to you or worse for you for CD Lamb? I know we had some discussion about how much was on Lamb, how much was on Dak, and things like. Did uh, what did you think about CD Lamb's performance? I felt like watching him that there were things that he, when you watch the the fight for the ball, and it was almost like he wasn't sure at times to when to go get it and when to, uh, you know, and when to allow it to get to him. I mean, there were some, you know, there were some contested plays and stuff. We, we mentioned that the separation distance was roughly about two yards on his routes, the you know, the targets that he had. But, man, the ball placement was not great for him. But there's also ball placement, and then there's also you're an NFL receiver. You know, we talk about catch radius. When you watch us, uh, when we visit about the draft, and we say, boy, big catch radius. That that Drake London from USC, big catch radius. You know, you talk about guys like that. And CD's catch radius needs to be a little bit better. It needs to be a little bit – uh, more extensive. I, I mean, you're not going to be able to throw every every single pass perfect, but you know you got to figure out a way to when the ball comes to you, be able to, to to track it down. Whether it's a little bit behind you, a little bit low, a little bit high, wherever that ball is. If you're a top flight receiver in the National Football League, not every pass is going to be chest high at your numbers and you running to go catch it. So. The, the film showed me that, that the catch radius for CD in this game wasn't as extensive as it needs to be going forward. When you talk about his, his need to go fight for the football and go make a play on the ball, and it didn't, it didn't feel like he always knew which time to go fight for the ball, which time to just, you know, let the ball come to him or, or whatever else. Um, is that something you've seen consistently from him, or was, that, was this performance out of character for him? I thought it was a little bit out of character for him because I've always felt like that he was a guy that would go get it. And, you know, in this game, there was even with, you know, when he had to make the contested plays, it it just wasn't good body position. And it was like he was, it was like he was fighting it a little bit, Bobby. And I, and I mean, fighting it in a way, like, do I body catch this? Do I extend for it? It, it? Like he got caught in between a couple of times on where he needed to have his hands. And it wasn't the cleanest game for Dak throwing the ball. We all know that. Sure. But but it just seemed like that CD didn't have his hands where he needed to have his hands. And, you know, that that is something that I don't remember seeing much of CD. I mean, he's had some drops and you remember last year in this game, he had that he had some bad drops early in the game. And then came back, and in the, the in the second half was just magical the way he was playing. Yeah. And you kind of felt like, okay, he's going to have – it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Felt like it was kind of rough for him the whole game. I mean, he had that early catch. It was a big catch, he, you know, across the middle. The push-off, he, he had no – no. You know, he's, he, there's no reason to push off there. He's got the route. He's got the corner. You know, he's got the corner beat. I mean, Dak's coming to him with the ball, and there's no need for him to shove that – you know, to shove the corner. I mean, he's just got to he's just got to run his route, plant, come back to the ball. He's going to be open, you know. I mean, that's how he set it up, and you know, it, it was just a really, really bad day at the office for him. Just from a, a, a period of confidence or a lack of hand positioning where it needed to be, and then also then, like I said, the the big penalty that that wiped out a a, a big catch for him. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sounded like there were some guys on the defensive side that disappointed you a little bit more when you got a chance to go back and watch the film. Did anybody stand out to you as, hey, I thought this was a better performance, whether it be, and I don't know how you felt about this guy, but whether it be like, you know, oh, a Quentin Bohanna maybe looked better than I was expecting based on the first look, or, oh, okay, um, you know, we got some better play out of Anthony Brown than it looked on the broadcast initially. Anybody stand out as somebody who, who looked better when you got a chance to watch the tape? Yeah, I felt like those defensive tackles, and and I, I'm not going to include Bohanna in that sure. one. Sure, yeah, just I'm going to say, it's, it, yeah, I know you knew just using the name. I, I'm going to say that I was I was really impressed with with Osa, and I was really really impressed with what was going on with Tristan Hill. I mean, I, the, the couple of the sacks that that um, that uh, they were able to get uh, with Parsons, Bohanna, excuse me, uh, Osa was free. Could have been there for one. You know, could have been a sack for him. And then Tristan Hill, uh, you know, on the second sack when when uh, when Smith got hurt, it was it was Hill that was busting through the middle that rammed into to Smith and, and you know hyperextended his elbow. So you know that they were they were they were playing free in the middle. Uh, they did a good job of playing the run too. You know that that was something I I, I was impressed with. With their, I was impressed with with Wilson at safety once they lost Curse. You know, the interception was a really, really good design. I mean, Wilson was in the uh, A-gap opposite of where he ended up. And when I mean the A-gap, he's between the center and the guard, uh, you know, to his left. And where he ended up was really uh, at the linebacker position on the right side to get the interception. So they basically uh, baited Brady into making that throw inside and, you know, by the drop and all that. So, you know, there were some there were some good design – to hold Tampa to 19 points, all those field goals and stuff, man, you got to win a game like that. You got to yeah. figure out a way to got to figure out, you know, and you get that turnover at midfield and when you get another three yards and have to punt, you know, I mean that, that I know you're saying positivity on defense that that turnover was big because you actually tricked Tom Brady into throwing that football Yep, and he threw it right to you and you get a turnover at midfield and you know, the game is still kind of, there for you to kind of get back in, maybe make it a nine point game or something like that. And you just don't get it done. So that, that part of it was disappointing, but I could say uh, the inside the, the two tackles, uh, I felt like, you know, Parsons, of course, we've talked about him a bunch. And then, you know, with Wilson safety, we'll see how, how they replace curse. I also was impressed with Malik hooker, by the way, Oh, good. Um, Malik hooker on that free safety play. You know, they had the ball that went down what would have been the right sideline for the Cowboys. And, you know, Diggs was in coverage. Yeah, the, the throw to Perryman. He made a he, – yeah. he came Hooker, far Hooker, it, it looked just like – it just looked like – when I saw him at Ohio State, and I know the folks that listen to our radio show on 105.3 or listen to me on Cowboys uh, break, uh, I was talking about Malik Hooker as a guy who just – you know, he finally – I mean, you feel like, oh, wow, there it is. There's that range you saw at Ohio State. That was one of the most impressive things when you watched him coming out was his ability to stand in the middle of the field with those really wide college hashes 
and then get from sideline to sidelines and knock plays down, knock balls down and stuff like that. So really good good thing for Hooker there, uh, playing as free. And in that maybe we'll free up Wilson, you know, for that curse role that they're going to need that Dan Quinn's talked about before. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we talk about this football team and some of the injuries that they're dealing with, I want to talk to you about some happy news, and that's Boomer Jacks. Boomer Jacks is always going to be there for you, listeners. Uh, You can cool off with cool drink specials and affordable food anytime at Boomer Jacks. It is a great space, something for the whole family or your group of friends. So if you're just looking for a a nice happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, or you're looking for a, a spot to watch the game with your guys, uh, or, or you're just looking for a great spot for your family to go hit up during the week and and get some dinner and 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 have some fun. Boomer Jacks is the spot. Cool off with cold drink specials starting at three dollars. They have wall to wall TVs. There's live music and more. Everybody will be happy. Whatever kind of social environment you're looking for, Boomer Jacks is there to provide it. And they have 17 DFW locations, so there's one right near you. I promise. Wherever you're at in the Metroplex, there is one near you. You can find your Boomer Jacks location at boomerjacks.com. <laughs> 